Welcome to the New Little Life Podcast. My name is Allison. I'm a lactation consultant, a breast pump expert, and a mom of three little boys. Here on the podcast, we talk with real moms and experts about breastfeeding and pumping. This podcast is designed to help you feel supported by other moms who are doing exactly what you're doing, to get tips and tricks on breastfeeding, and learn how to efficiently navigate pumping while going back to work. All right. I am loving season two. If you have not joined us yet, which you probably already have because we're well into it now, we're really focusing on working moms. So all of these episodes have been about how moms are making breastfeeding and pumping work at work. And today's no exception. We're going to be talking with Carrie. She's an RN who has exclusively breastfed two babies also while working as an RN. She was doing day shift oncology for her first and night shift um, on the mom and baby and soon to be nights on labor and delivery, which is really cool. She is still breastfeeding her almost four-year-old and feeding her nine-month-old, which is also really, really cool. She's actually not the first one that I've had on this season so far that's tandem feeding like that. I think it's more common than we think it is. But she has developed a, such a passion for breastfeeding and pumping because of a lot of the complications that she had. She's working towards her IBCLC, and I'm so excited to chat with her. Welcome to the podcast, Carrie. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So let's kind of just start at the beginning. Um, you were a nurse before you had kiddos, right? Yes. All right. And tell me about how your life changed once you had kiddos and you continued <laughs> to keep working. <laughs> let's just start at the beginning with your first. Oh, how your life changes when you have kids. Um, everything. Yeah. Um, with working, I I was definitely nervous going into it, but had a really supportive team. Just a crazy, crazy floor in oncology. Not that our postpartum floor was not as crazy, but day shift to night shift, totally different ballgame. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you go from just having yourself before kids to kids are your main priority after I know and it's such a such a big jump did you work I mean, all the way up until you had your baby on the oncology yes. floor yeah with my son I was induced at 37 weeks for low amniotic fluid um had a stomach bug got critically low amniotic fluid got induced um so I was only 37 and five okay. 37 weeks five days when I had him um and then with my daughter I worked straight through also so yeah. So with your son, did he was a little bit early, not crazy early. Did he end up nope. in NICU at all? Or were you guys able to go home? Nope. No NICU time. Awesome. That's cool. Yeah. He did um, our complications with him, though, were like tongue lip ties, lip ties, all that fun stuff. Low birth weight afterwards. Course, so. Yeah. But so how did it start time. out? Did you know he had ties right away or did it take no. you a little while to figure that out? No. Um took a breastfeeding class and they didn't talk much about ties or anything like that. Just kind of basic positions, latching. And one IBC, uh, IBCLC saw us in the hospital and said he might have a tie, but she wasn't sure. So went home, went to our first pediatrician appointment and he dropped from 5% weight loss in the hospital to 11% in Mm. a day and a half. So I uh, went to see another IBCLC and uh, at the hospital I work at, because I didn't deliver at the hospital I work at, delivered at a sister hospital. And uh, she was like, oh, I can't definitely say, but here's a list of pediatric dentists to get evaluated. 
we went and he had a lip and a tongue tie. And yeah, now knowing what I'm looking for, his were pretty bad. So yeah. Did you end up having those revised? I did. Yeah. Yep. We got them revised. It took about, I want to say it was about two weeks, just shy of two weeks after that um, to get them revised. We did laser and it, it took another two weeks to get him to latch properly to kind of reteach him because he always wanted to just go nipple and go shallow. Um, but I triple fed the whole time and it was horrible. And I always feel horrible telling my moms they have to start triple feeding <laughs> because I know the pain of it. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask. He like, did great after that. Yeah. What did you do to keep your supply up while you were trying to figure out that tie? But it sounds like you kind of added pumping on top of the feeding. Yep. Right after that visit um, with the pediatrician, I started pumping and that became a whole nother thing because I am not a standard flange size, <laughs> like the standard flange size, I should say. Yeah. What even is the standard flange size? Yeah. I <laughs> I, yeah. Out of everybody in the hospital, I think I've sized two people at a 24. Yep. Maybe. I know most of them are quite a bit smaller. And so I think it's common to, to see like, oh, my nipples are measuring at 16 millimeters. I'm a weirdo. I'm like super mm -hmm. small. I have tiny little nipples. But actually, this is like a really normal size. And that's I think we that's get, what I thought. Yeah. I think we <laughs> yeah. kind of get the standard size in our head because pump manufacturers send size 24, 27 with their pumps. Yep. And I think it's because you cannot pump with a phalange size that is too small. It It will be like, crazy painful cause damage like right away you can however pump with one that's too big and think that like these are going kind of okay you know i'm not dying and so i think pump manufacturers send those those sizes because it covers like 90 percent of people that can pump with one that's too big does that make sense what do you think I, yeah yeah maybe i mean yeah it's just so painful and i think moms just don't know and i I just wish those major pump companies, because there are some pump companies now that are coming out with inserts on their website and selling the size that that person needs, which is great, or giving them an option. Um, but when you're looking at the big pump companies, the ones that we all think of, Spectrum, Medela, Lansenow, um, they come with 24s and 28s or 25s and 27s. Like... And the moms are like, well, I'm definitely the smaller size. They put them on and they have an experience like me where you're like, um, I don't think all that's supposed to be going in there. And yeah. you're on a search for something different until you figure it out. Yeah. And four years ago, compared to now, there was not the education on social media like it is now. Like the presence is great. So I can't yeah, just I agree. Thanks for asking us. <laughs> I went back to work eight years ago and same thing. There was nothing. I had zero yeah. help. But even four years ago, I think the climate was much different. And so we're just having more awareness now, more people like yeah. you sharing your story. Like I'm a super small size, you know, but actually you're probably a really normal size. <laughs> you know, just I, we have this kind of distorted view of normal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> tell me about the triple feeding. <laughs> what, what oh. kind of things did that bring up for you in your life? What kind of challenges? Sleep, no sleep. Um, thankfully, my husband was very supportive and I would feed him, hand him off to my husband and he would do the bottle feed. Mm -hmm. And I was lucky enough 
with my son to not be an undersupplier. Like I wasn't an oversupplier with my son. It's definitely just enough, but I was able to pump a feet and a half. So I could get a little bit on top of a little bit on top of what he needed and not have to have my husband waiting for me to pump after the first day or two to feed him. So he would take them. Or even if I had to wait for the milk, he would bounce them or rock them or do whatever to calm them down. And then he would give them the bottle and I would try to nap in between because your, your triple feeding adventure is it's an hour long, maybe if you're lucky, might be a little longer. And then you're back up feeding again in an hour and a half. My son was an every two hour feeder. Um, probably cause he was kind of, you know, hungry. <laughs> yeah. But, um, that, and then just finding the right flange size. Like, like I said, I put those 24s on and I was like, Oh, this is not right. And no store around me had 21s. So I had to use 24s for a full day until I saw an IBCLC. She gave me 21s and they were still too large. So that's when I just got on Google and started figuring out if they're smaller sizes. So lucky I did find Maymom, which has been a blessing. Yeah, they're making a lot of sizes, only odd number sizes for some reason. And Mm. trying to get them to make every number of size because that would make more sense. But I think they would eventually get there. I feel like a lot of companies make just odd numbers. I do not know why this happened. Why did this become like the standard thing? I have no idea. Yeah. I know. Like, I think Lactech made some, I don't know. No, they're 18s and 15s. Yeah. So they're, they kind of throw it around there. Yeah. Do you feel like getting the right flange size made a big difference for you in your pumping experience? Yes. 100%. Um, I went from it being painful where I didn't, didn't want to pump. Like I was like, Oh God, I don't want to do this. And I would wince before I even put the pump on. And I didn't want it to be that journey. Cause I always wanted to exclusively breastfeed. And uh, once I found the right size, which took some time and I'm still, I mean, second journey, it was different. So, and it changed throughout both my journeys so far, multiple times. Um, um, but finding that right size made it basically not feel like anything. Like it felt like a baby was nursing a little different, a little more mechanical, but it didn't hurt. It wasn't pinchy. There was no rubbing. Yeah. So it made a huge difference. And I didn't mind sitting there and pumping for 20 minutes, 15 minutes. Yeah. Can you walk us through how you kind of came around to your phalange size? You said it took a while, which I'm glad you said that because I think this is really common. People think like, oh, I'm going to measure. I'm going to grab that number, pop it on and it's good to go. But it actually is more, it's more than that. So yeah. can you walk me through your process there? Sure. Um, so like I said, first time I put the 24s on, because I got the old school Medela pumping style. I knew yeah. nothing. That's what was free. I, and mm-hmm. the old school one was, it's kind of nice. I mean, it's not horrible. Um, but put on the 24s, started pumping, and I just remember yelling in pain. And my entire areola went in. I was like, oh, this is not okay. So took them off, searched for 21s, figured it out. Used the 21s for a little, like, I think it was like, I don't know, two pump sessions before I was like, I got to figure something else out. Went on, and I mean, I'm just Google searching, like, smaller than 21 mm flanges, anything I could find. Um, came across Pumpable's website. And this was, I mean, four years ago. I don't even, I don't even, they had like their first pump, just their first Genie Advanced one out. 
they have a little ruler that you can download and cut out. And I just did that. And I'm measuring and I'm reading articles that say, don't measure, measure before you're pumping or feeding and then do this. And of course, I'm like two weeks postpartum at this point, trying to figure out what size I am. And uh, so my son is cluster feeding. So I'm like pumping, measure an hour after I don't have an hour in between trying to figure this out. So I'm, I'm guesstimating that I'm a 19 because I'm like, all right, so I'm, I'm measuring about 13 to 15. I think I'm about a 19 because this is pre-pumping or post-pumping. I don't even know. And uh, I ordered the 19 May moms and they were okay. But once I started back to work, I noticed they started the more frequent I was pumping because once my son started gaining weight, I cut out the triple feeding and um, we weren't doing that anymore. And so I pumped occasionally. Yeah. Once I started back to work and I was pumping more frequent, I noticed they were getting painful. Like my nipples would hurt. It was uncomfortable to have shirts or anything rubbing on them. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to order 15s and 17s. And I just ordered them, paid for it. And I found just by trial and error, trying both of them, which one was more comfortable. And then I still carry all three sizes with me. Because if I'm pumping, like I went away on a bachelorette weekend um, in May and I carried all three sizes because if I'm pumping every three hours, four hours, I like to have the variation in case I have a lot of swelling from just frequent pumping because my nipples aren't used to it. I don't, I work three shifts a week. I don't pump on my days off. So it was kind of, I like to have the comfort. I kind of go with what's comfortable now and I'll switch them out mid pump session if I have to really if it's bothering if it's bothering me yeah because my right one doesn't like to cooperate so if this one tends to bother me I'll switch it out and and find what one's more comfortable that time and you know depending on the time of the month when everything likes to be uncomfortable for you that's really interesting. I actually haven't heard of someone like in a in a practical way talk about carrying multiple sizes just based on what your body's doing in the moment. I, I think that's really smart though. Yeah, I, I just found it worse for me. And if I'm not like at work and bringing my giant pump bag, I'll just bring um, a 24 and all three size inserts. And I'll use that instead of carrying all the flanges okay. with me. Because I do prefer having the flange that is sized properly instead of the insert. I find it, I get better output that way. I also prefer that for yeah. moms. I've heard that a lot, that the actual flange in the right size is usually better than an insert. Yes, in it. I agree. But practically carrying around the inserts when you have, like you're trying to minimize your stuff yeah. makes a lot of sense too. Yeah, it's, you know, the inserts are a lot smaller than three full-size flanges right oh my word well cool that's great um so let's go into the back to work part um especially with your first one you were on day shift at this time right yes with your first yes. what did your pumping schedule look like when you went back to work did you have any hurdles you weren't expecting oh, all yeah. that kind of stuff <laughs> yeah so on oncology i did a lot of different things i was charge i did um something we call family support team which is a more of a um counselor kind of you would go and talk to patients during that time so it was a lot more laid back that day 
Um, I did educator. I had students. So I was a clinical scholar to students. I would have five to eight students on the floor. Um, so depending on the day, it was definitely a variation of what would happen. But a standard day on the floor, I was charged. You can't predict what patients are going to do. I mean, we could have codes. We have somebody call out and you have to give chemo for three hours in a room. You, you can't predict anything. Um, I didn't expect, I was the first on our floor of 11 girls to follow that had babies within a year. Oh man. Yeah. It was, it was hysterical. Like we took a picture. It was a bunch of us that were pregnant and it was just so funny. It was just, there was five of us out at one time. I felt so bad for our unit, but um, I was the first back by like three weeks, I think. And almost all of these girls pumped. I think only two of them didn't. And so kind of paving the way for the people that weren't as supportive. And I, I didn't expect some of these people to not be supportive. Like I would be like, Hey, I have to pump. Can you watch my patients? And I would kind of get an eye roll and a sigh. And it's kind of like, okay, well, I have to do it anyway. So here's my phone. Bye. Um, I definitely spoke up. I'm not somebody to sit back and, and let that happen. So I'm happy that I was the first because there are some other girls that are a little more timid that I don't know if they would have kind of stood up for their, their right in that. Um, but I just talked to our managers and I said, you know, I'm the first back. This is going to have to change. We have a lot of girls that are going to be needing to pump. And uh, yeah, so that was a big thing. But timing, schedule-wise, oh, geez. It was a very loose schedule. Um, I think that's the biggest thing about being a nurse is, like I said, you can't predict what your patients are going to do. So you just have to be open to that schedule. Um, day shift, I always knew we'd be busy. Our busiest time was 11 to 4. So I always got a pump in before I would feed my son in the morning before I left. And if I didn't feed him, I would pump. I would just pump as soon as I got to work 10 minutes, whatever I could do before I'd go on the floor. Um, and then I always tried to go around nine 30. That was usually after rounds, you gave your first meds. I usually sneak away if nothing crazy happened, get in there and, uh, get a pump session in. And then I usually didn't tried to pump around noon usually didn't happen until one thirty. Um, I would say one thirty two. So I saw definitely fluctuations of supply, but nothing, no crazy drops at that point. I think it was nice and stabilized. I was lucky with that. And then um, usually I'd get around four or five and then I would feed my son when I got home. If he wasn't awake, I would pop and I'd get home around eight. That was general schedule. It was harder when I was charge nurse because if you have a code, if you have a rapid, you have to be there. Um, if somebody's giving chemo and they need help, you have to be there. We would have to go to the emergency room to access ports or give chemo or if anybody else on a different unit needed anything with oncology patients, we had to go. Yeah. So that definitely yeah, got a little more troublesome, problemsome, I guess would be the word. And there was one day I went from, I think it was 1130 until seven, not pumping. And I was 
almost crying because I was in so much pain. And that was the moment where I was like, all right, I'm buying a mobile pump. Yep. And it got me into a spiral of pump collecting, but yeah. let's not talk about that one. You can join my club of yeah. tiny breast pumps. Oh. <laughs> yeah, my husband teases me all the time. But you know what? This is the tool we need as working moms to make this goal work, right? So I say, I want to be an IBCLC. I need to try multiple pumps. Need oh, to get now, my... it's, now it's clinical research, what you're doing. Yes. So I He's like, it. can you write them off on taxes? I'm like, Probably. I absolutely do. So you do yeah. it too. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Okay. So <laughs> what wearable pump um, did you try? What? What's uh, my first was the LV. Um, what did you think? The old school. OGLV and I actually ordered it from the UK because it wasn't available in the States yet. Mm-hmm. I ordered it through a bouquet from the UK. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I actually I do great with the LV still. Mm-hmm. The old school one. It's it's definitely I've tried too many. Pretty much tried all the very expensive ones. So <laughs> um and, and LV still your favorite? Yeah, it is. But I hate how easy it can leak. Yeah. So I tend to reach now more for the Willow Go than the LV. Yeah. I, I tried the Stride and it did nothing. Like I was like, oh, it's everybody's saying the suction's just like the LV. And, but I barely would get a half an ounce combined. And I tried inserts. I, yeah. So I gave up on that. What, what is it about that pump do you think that is so different than i mean i've had similar experiences but i can't put my finger on it i don't know if it's just the i don't know because i feel like the cup itself is similar to the shape of the the sure. old school one yeah i just it doesn't i don't respond well to it and i put it on just standard flanges and i do fine with it but it's something with the cups that i just yeah. don't empty I don't know if it's sitting, how they're sitting, how they push on the breast. I'm not sure. Yeah. All right. Well, me yeah. neither. <laughs> I know some people love it and I'm like, yeah. well, I'm jealous because I would love to use this thing, but no word for me. Yeah. Yeah. I find myself more and more going to the the Willow Go yeah. um, just because of there. It's similar to the LV. I mean, the suction, it doesn't feel very similar, but it's an easy to use pump and it doesn't leak as often. Yeah. I think. And it's funny because the LV is like hit or miss. Like I can bend and it won't leak. The other times I'm sitting there and it's just like, I'm like, what is going on? Oh, I. Um, but at work, I I stray away. Like if I have to be running around, I stray away from the old school LV. Just because mm. you splash a little and now it looks like I'm leaking. And at least my moms would understand, I guess, my patients now. Do you pump on the floor while you're seeing patients and stuff? Sometimes, yeah. If I can't get away, absolutely. There have been times... We've had um, like rapids or codes. I actually had a code and I had the uh, Willow 2.0 in while the code was going on. I just paused them and I was like, okay, I got to do compressions. So please that was tell me someone took a picture of that because. <laughs> no, well, you can't. You can't take a patient. Oh, picture true. of a patient. Oh, <laughs> I'm just yeah, like. It was, it was a little uncomfortable, but you have to do it. I mean. Yeah, my one coworker used to call me BB for bionic boobs. Yeah, when I had them in, yeah, and the little lights would be there. Yeah, but it's just kind of—I feel like the more that 
moms like you are doing this in public and not even public, like you're working, you have to pump. It just has to be done. I think it just brings more awareness. Like this is part of life and I'm not going to give up my job and my career that I love or that I have to do or whatever, but I'm still going to pump. So yeah, I mean, now I feel like most of my patients when I was on oncology, they had no idea. Now I'll tell the moms, I'll be like, oh, by the way, pumping, do you want to see? Because <laughs> then they're intrigued, like, wait, what do you, how? Um, and we've had a, it was a couple months ago, I had a hemorrhage and um, I had to, I just stepped out for 10 minutes because I was in there for like four and a half hours. You had a patient hemorrhaging, right? Yeah. Not yes. Yeah. And we went in and um, it was just like a slow one that just, it wasn't crazy uncontrollable. We were like waiting on the dock, giving all the meds and, and I um, had to step out. I just had our charge nurse come in. I was like, I just need 10 minutes. Not even, let me just go put my pumps in. And I just came in and I was still in there, I think for another two hours after I put the pumps in. So it was a total of like a five and a half hour kind of stabilizing this patient. So yeah. you just have to, I can't, I can't go seven hours without pumping eight hours without pumping mm-hmm. and I have to do but what you I have also to do. have patience. Like I get this kind of this like balance that we're trying to do. You can't just step away from a heavy mm-hmm. patient. I get that. No, but you no. also can't not pump. Yeah. So this it, it's my patient and they're in my care, but I don't want mastitis. So <laughs> yeah. And you also want to feed your baby. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, this whole like, it's difficult. Mm-hmm. And I, there are some fields, I think nursing is one of them where it becomes extra difficult. Um, so did you just leave in that situation? Did you just leave your pumps in your bra for the whole two hours? Yes. Did you just shut yep. off after I just shut them off and just left mm-hmm. them there. Yep. Cool. I just shut them off and, uh, they stayed in. Yeah. For the rest of the time. And I've had my pumps be in my bra way too long because you, you start pumping, like I'll be charting at the desk. Everybody's good. I put my pumps in. I have to catch up on charting, sitting there charting and somebody calls or whatever. And you're in there for an hour, whether it's latching support or education, whatever it is. And you're there for an hour plus and pumps are just sitting in there, hanging out, getting a little uncomfortable, but you just, you kind of becomes part of your daily life. It's, Mm-hmm. you get used to it i don't know it's strange yeah I, this is the i think the more the longer you're a mom and the more kids that you have the more just things be, don't bother you as much you know because you do look like you have pretty big boobs when you mm-hmm. are wearing the pumps you know <laughs> but at some point yeah. you get to the point where you're like i don't really care i um i do i always wore a vest like and my manager made fun of me because she's like what size do you want? i was like large she's like you're not a large i said no, but I'm pregnant and I will be using my pups on the floor. So I want a large. So it does tend to hide it a little better. Mm. Um, but now I'll be in surgical scrubs. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Uh, those are like hundred percent cotton and they do not stretch at all. And... No, and they're so uncomfortable, yeah. but I'd rather that than having to wash out bodily fluids on my own scrubs, Don't excessive worry. amounts of bodily fluids. And it's excessive on L&D, I will tell yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've been there. It's 
It should be. I mean, they're everywhere, and it's awesome, yeah. and we love it. But the longer yeah. I get you, I get you. Yeah. Um. That's funny. So, do you find that wearable pumps work as well or good enough for you compared to like a standard phalange with a regular pump? No, but they work well enough in a situation when I can't get away. Um. I do not use them consistently at work or at home. I'll use them when I'm at work and I like, I can't get away. I need to chart. I need to see patients, whatever it is. If I'm driving, um, I use them a lot. When I went on a the bachelor trip in Vegas, just walking the strip, I had them. And then I would uh, have my little, my little chill bottle. That's three chill that I used and just had everything in my backpack for that. Um, but a standard flange always empty me, empties me way better than than any kind of mobile pump that I've tried quite a bit. So, yeah. or cups, hands-free pump, I should say. What's your favorite um, pump that you've tried in the non-wearable category? So like a, a tabletop pump or a portable pump, something like that. It's hard. You can I pick your top two. I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm reaching for three at the moment. So I love the Spectra. Spectra, I absolutely love the ability to change everything. I didn't like it at first because I always really? use the Symphony at work. That's what we have. So I just, it's just a standard tug and pull. And so when I first used the Spectra, I was like, oh, this is weird with the vibration. Mm-hmm. And then I just fell in love with it because that's what I used at home. And um, yeah, I love that one. The Pumpables Genie Advanced. Mm. Um, and actually the new legendary milk, the duet I'm liking, Really, I have my slacker that needs a little extra love. <laughs> so I've been reaching for that one a little more than I think I reach for the smaller ones a little more because I have two children and we're in the middle of a move and I tend to just throw them in my pocket or around my neck and I throw my flange in my bra and I walk around doing what I have to do. Um, cause my, uh, their grandparents, my parents will get them down for a nap if we're trying to unpack. And, and so I'll just pump and give her a bottle so they can let her sleep because she likes to nap trap mommy. So, yeah, yeah. this is a thing. <laughs> and let's see, you yeah. are, you're still breastfeeding both of them currently, yeah. right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Was that something I you suddenly- had planned on doing or did it just kind of happen? Oh, so I always wanted my son to breastfeed as long as he wanted and I was happy with it sure. as long as it was a mutual comfort and agreement on us. Um, and when I was pregnant, I was like, oh, my milk supply dried up. He'll probably just stop. No, he just dry nursed. He didn't care. And he told me your milk's gone. And I was like, yeah, I know, honey. And then I remember it clearly one day. I was nursing him before bed and he just looks up at me with this huge smile on his face and tells me, mommy, where's Milky? Colostrum. So I was about 16 weeks pregnant and he, he knew. And uh, yeah, he got, when, when my milk came back, like mature milk came back, he was, he was a little fighter. <laughs> Wanted to be on the breast every time my daughter was on the breast. I was like, whoa, no. <laughs> so we definitely have boundaries. Um, I will speak that I never had any kind of like rage with breastfeeding until 
I had come home from the hospital and my son and my daughter were nursing at the same time hmm. for the first I would say month. It was like, I was like, Oh God, I can't do this. Um, and so we just set boundaries that they can't nurse at the same time. So, okay. But yeah, he nurses some days he won't nurse at all. And other days that's all he wants to do. So, yeah. Did I you notice that? Did you notice that evened out your supply or helped your supply with that second one, having two of them on there? Oh, oh, my, I had a crazy oversupply in the beginning. Um, and then, yeah, it's, it's my supplies regulated now because I definitely, I got my period back. So it kind of took a dip, but it's still a slight oversupply even with that. But it, my milk came in so fast second time around. So, so fast. And I know it was nice though, because if Maylee, my daughter, if she didn't feed um, enough or I didn't feel like I was still feeling discomfort, I'd just be like, come here, honey, and just get my son over to me to kind of help that. So instead where I feel like you would probably reach for a pump or a silicone pump, I just reached for my son. I've heard that from yeah. a lot of tandem feeding moms that the the beginnings are easier because you already you have a better way yeah. and a more natural way to like relieve some of the yeah any any possible of the normal engorgement that we feel you just it doesn't happen as much because you've got that second one to pick up the slack or if you do have oversupply they can kind of take off that first load and then the baby can manage what's left and oh yeah cool. yes yeah my daughter she still just with that crazy letdown she still like pulls completely back and I did that sometimes where I was like Emerson come here and just had him latch a few times and then put her on and then switched had him go on the other breast so take off some of that first bit and yeah <laughs> yeah you don't need the nutrition just get the pressure off her mom did you ever worry that the baby wasn't getting enough um, because you had two of them feeding or do you always felt like you were pretty comfortable with how things were um, I was pretty comfortable with her. She, I mean, I always try to just knowing what I know, being a nurse and being in this field, I know what to look for, for adequate feeds. Um, so I think that helped a lot. I think get put myself in a different situation or if I was still oncology and didn't know enough about it, maybe I would have second guessed that, but I had, she was peeing, had a lot of wet diapers, um, she was satisfied at the breast. She, when we went to her first appointment, she was, she had gained weight. So she only went down 4% in the hospital and she was up to, I think she, she was only like 2% down from birth weight at her first visit. So, and I, I just felt very full a lot of times. And I know I would just ask my son, I'd be like, is there milk in there? He's like, yeah, lots. So I, I kind of felt comfortable with that. Even now, so I'll cool ask that him he can I verbalize that for I you. I won't feel like I have milk. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? It's so cool that he can verbalize that for you. You can yeah. ask him, like, is there milk? <laughs> Every yeah. mom wants that, I think. Yeah. He'll tell me. He'll flat out if, because I'll put him on the breast. So I would let her nurse and then I would put him on even now, because now I can nurse them both at the same time. It doesn't bother me. But in that beginning, I was like, I just want to throw him against a wall. So I would just like, you need to get off. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, um, I would put him on the breast that she had finished first. And there were times where he's like, mommy, I want the boob with milk because <laughs> he knows 
and he's just so silly like he'll, he'll be like show me there's milk in there i'm like i am not doing that like he wants me to hand express he's like prove it before yeah. i get on there i'm not doing it yeah prove it milk one i need to know that's full <laughs> oh that is too so goofy funny. oh my word i love it yeah okay so you also have some experience doing night shift stuff right yes. Okay, yeah, so how too... is that different than your day shift pumping stuff? Night <sighs> shift's hard. So with day shifts, when I, my husband's a teacher, so he works Monday to Friday. Nursing schedule is whenever you work. Crazy. Yeah. And uh, we did seven to sevens, seven A to seven P or seven P to seven A. And um, my, when I worked with my son, I would go to work. I would leave at 6.20. I'd get home at around 8, 7, 7.40 to 8 o'clock. And if he was awake, I would nurse him. If he wasn't, he was going to wake up in a few hours. So we would just feed him. Like I'd pump and feed him then. And then I would nurse him through the night. And I could do sleep feeds. I could do um, sideline and feed him and not quite fully be alert for this. But with night shift, I think the hardest thing for me was pumping during the day, waking up mm. after being up all night and pumping during the day. And uh, so my daughter would go to daycare for that. And if my daughter was home, my husband would bring her in for her to feed instead of using bottles if he was home. So I still would get woke up during the day. And I, I just, I find it harder to be woke up during the day and fall back asleep than at night even though I've been on the night schedule and I was on the night schedule for over a year and a half before having my daughter but it was just harder in that and then working wise I think seeing you know with my son I the volume you get used to and the only experience of pumping as a working pumping mom I had was day shift the volume was larger than it was at night shift so you're seeing that and you're like, okay, but this has to feed her during the day. So am I going to have enough? Um, and even knowing what I know, I was still a little panicked about it and not like putting into my mind about, well, you're also going to be pumping during the day kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, I mean, it was probably five to eight ounces less I pump at night volume than I was during the day because of the times and how, you know, all the hormones work and what you're releasing. So that was a little, I guess disheartening would be discouraging. You almost felt like, Oh God, I'm doing all this work and I'm getting two ounces out. So this isn't even a feed. So you get a little, I guess, worried, but on top of all that, you're sleep deprived. So, your supply is kind of, eh, anyways, just, there would be times I wake up at 1 p.m. and I'm up until 10 a.m. the next day. And so I think, I think that was harder. I definitely was more sleep deprived with my daughter than I was with my son working nights. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so you're, the hardest if she's going to daycare during the day, you're pumping through your night shift and then also pumping while you're sleeping during the yeah. day because she's not even there. So that's like a yep. lot of pumping. Yep. Yeah. So I would I would go in, I'd feed her right before I went in. 
And then, of course, that's when she decided, once she kind of got her nap stabilized, that's, of course, was her nap time, her last nap time, um, right before I left. So I would try to, like, nurse her right before her nap, which is usually about 5.30. And then, and this was early on. Now she doesn't do that nap, which is nice. Um, And then I would pump, um, I would go see my patients and usually pump around, like, 9. And then just kind of go from there, 9. 12 one ish and then go again at three and then I would either try to sneak in a pump session right before the end of work or I would pump as soon as I got home so like I would shower and then pump and then um I would have to set an alarm but I'd have to set like four alarms because I did not want to wake up um and then pump try to fall back asleep and wake up again around usually it was around 3 p.m and pump and then I was just up so you know I had maybe two and a half to three hour naps, two of them before going back to work and doing it all over. They're basically just napping. Like you're not even getting like, Mm -hmm. like night sleep. Yeah. So So if you look at your output from your day shift pumping versus your night shift pumping, I know you're pumping less on your night shift, but if you're talking like in a 24 hour period, do you feel like it's comparable? It, so I have a better supply this time around than I did with my son. I was always at just a slight, like I probably pumped maybe an ounce, maybe two ounces extra a day. Um, my son was a very, he never drank more than 30 ounces a day though. Like that was just him. Mm-hmm. And, um, and my daughter is a chugger. Like she will drink 40 ounces a day if I let her and she will eat five full meals a day. If I let her, she eats more than my toddler. Um, she's mm-hmm. 10, she's 10 months now to put it into perspective. Yeah. yeah. Um, but <laughs> she's crazy. And, um, so we, we tried to limit my daughter with the, I don't want to say limit because she just no. wanted to chug the bottles. Yeah. So we would, I would never do more than the four ounce bottles. I tried to stick with threes. Um, all the pace feeding, all that, and try to kind of stretch it out with her. Um, but with my son, I could pump in a 12 hour period. I mean, I would pump 20 to 26 ounces during the day. And then I wouldn't pump at home, which was, you know, the one and a half to two, 26 was being, that was on the high end. But there are times I pumped, if I went like five hours, I pump 11 ounces with my son and then it would just go down like the first pump would be really high and it would go down I don't think I ever pumped during night shift with my daughter more than nine ounces and then it was like nine ounces and that was like three ounces two ounces um mm-hmm. total amount I ever got with my daughter to put it in perspective I don't think I ever pumped more than 20 ounces in a 12-hour night shift period but then when I went home and pumped during the day I pumped pretty much the same in two pump sessions that I did in four at night. So it was just kind of crazy to see that. But for the t- full 24 hour period, I had more with my daughter, but in the sense, in the just of looking at what it would probably would have been with my son. Yes, it was comparable. Probably pretty the same. Yeah. Not accounting for this a little bit of oversupply you have with your daughter. Yeah. You two little kiddos on there. Which again, I have two children on my yeah. breast in the beginning. Yeah. So I think that's a really important, a important part to highlight that pumping at night is different than pumping during the day. Your 
hormones are just doing different things. And regardless of when your sleep is, our our like circadian, our you know, our rhythms are supposed to be dark. Yeah, night. I'm supposed to sleep at night. I'm not you supposed to be awake. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not sure. I haven't actually looked at the research on what your hormones do when you work night shifts, when you're up at night and sleep during the day. But I know it affects breastfeeding. And yeah. so just keeping that like big picture in mind of pumping at night looks different than the day. I think it's cool that you've had both experiences and can kind of speak to both sides of that. I, yeah, I think, I, I mean, you would notice it. I feel like even normal moms would notice it if they were pumping during the day, with the, the lack of sleep. Like if I, there were a few times I'm always, a, I like to go three in a row, get them done with, have my four days off. How I've always yeah. been as a nurse. Um, but when I have my daughter, I was like, I can't do this. Like, I can't pump for three days straight and barely see her. Um, so I broke it up. And it totally lost my train of thought where I was going. This is mom brain. That's because you're sleep deprived. And <laughs> this is what we're talking about. Well, actually, I've been getting some sleep. I didn't start work yet. I start next week. So, Oh, man. Um, You've had a, a little recovery time and now we're back to. But we're in a move. So, you know, that's that's a whole nother thing, which is why the screen is blurred out because it's a a hot mess. Yep. Um, You're military. So I understand the moving. It's a mess. Process. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Oh, yeah. I recommend to no one. Don't, don't do it. Zero. <laughs> don't even know where I was going. I had a thought process on that. It's gone. I think you're going to like labor and delivery though. That's a fun floor. Yeah. And especially as a mom and a pumping mom, like I love that you're just out there being like, yeah, I'm pumping. And just, I think especially for first time moms, can you imagine like having a baby and you have this brand new baby and you're like, Okay. And then to see a nurse, someone that you respect, like they're educated, they're there to help, you know, just being like, oh yeah, I'm here to help you. I'm also pumping. Like this is normal. And I don't want to say easy, but just like part of life. I feel like yeah. that would be so encouraging and empowering for a first time mom to see someone in a position that they respect, like making it work. I don't know. It's cool. I'm, I'm excited. I, I know like I'm very breastfeeding obviously came from a baby friendly hospital and coming into an area that is not as prominent like I lived right outside of Denver Colorado I want to say we had initiation rate of breastfeeding I would go months without getting a formula fed baby mm -hmm. so yeah. which is great coming into a place where it's going to be a little bit opposite um so I'm definitely excited to be bringing in that support and I have no shame telling I know some people get shy I guess or kind of like feel like people are going to be really judgmental about feeding a four-year-old because they don't see it's appropriate um but I have no shame about sharing that as part of my journey and that it is possible especially with all the hardships we went through um in the beginning with him so yeah, you worked hard to get him at the breast. You know what I mean? <sighs> and then he I was probably, what, two? He was probably not quite two when COVID hit. and uh, About a year and a half. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if any reason to prolong breastfeeding, it would be a yeah. worldwide pandemic. I mean, yep. I remember thinking, I am not giving up breastfeeding no matter what, because this is the only thing <laughs> between me I mean, and my baby and this disease we don't know anything about yet, you know? Yeah. And we got it. Our I mean, as a nurse... 
I oh yeah, I'm sure you did. Had it. <laughs> um, and I uh, got it in April of 2020, and my son end of April 2020, and my son started. It was actually my birthday. I remember it in May. And he was pulling oh on gosh. his ear. We're like, oh man, we got to bring him to the doctor. So we told them, they're like, are you exposed to COVID? I'm like, I currently have it. So my husband has to bring him and they go outside. They do it. Like he's out in a car. They don't even bring him into. It was a weird the time. doctor's office. It was. <laughs> and they do. Yeah. They check his tent. They do his ears, check his ears. They're like, well, he doesn't have an ear infection. We're not going to do a COVID test on him, but he probably has COVID. All he ever did. He had a cough for two days and he pulled his ears for like a day. And that was it. And then my husband and I got it again, second round of COVID about oh, May of this year. So the end of May this year, because it was my husband's last day of work in of the school before we moved and he didn't get to work. I was like, oh, you don't even get to say bye to the kids. Um, and neither of my kids had it. And we tested my son just with the home test and mm-hmm. he didn't have it. No symptoms. My daughter had no symptoms. And I was just like, feed. Right. Um, so it was great to to have that. And I could even see the colors with the antibodies. It was like green. My breast milk was green when I had COVID. So that is so cool. Yeah. I I I think we're headed into a, a a phase of the world where it becomes more normal to to breastfeed a little bit longer. And I think yeah. there's just more understanding knowing that like I mean, we, no one alive had experienced a worldwide pandemic like that to that scale, you know? And I think there's a lot more just understanding that people are going to cope with it differently. You know, if you're still wearing a mask at this point, like go for it. If the, if yeah. you, if that's making you feel good and it's helping you not spread things like great. Or I think if I had seen Americans walking around with masks before, I would be like, do you have like leprosy or something? Like <laughs> what, <laughs> what are, you, are doing? you doing with a mask in public? Like it's weird, you know? Yeah. And I think, I hope that extended breastfeeding is one of these things that we see as a positive effect of COVID. Like moms are choosing to not purposefully wean their babies if things are working for them because it's better, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy too that the AAP has changed their recommendations and has put two years and at least it's more matching the guidelines of like the World Health Organization where it's two years and beyond because it should be and you shouldn't be made to feel guilty if you're feeding your child past two. Like, yeah, my son's four. Yeah, he can eat solids, but why wouldn't I give him comfort or the benefits of breastfeeding? I don't, if it's a mutually benefit, like it's not, and it's not your child. So no, (laughs) that's kind of how I feel. Um, I've never had anybody in Colorado ever say anything negatively to me, but I'm a very open breastfeeder. I I have no shame. I got to feed my child. I'm not going to hide. Um, that's my personality and I'm happy I'm that way. Um, but I can see it being interesting where I'm at now. Yeah. Um, and my husband always says he's, he's worried for the person that comes up to me and says something. <laughs> After our conversation today, that. I am too. Like <laughs> I, I hope they do because they will get a little lesson in. Yes breastfeeding and what's appropriate mm-hmm. to say to a breastfeeding mother. And hopefully they yeah. won't do that again. Yeah. Like, who yeah. are you? Don't come up to me. No, I had a, yeah. So it, it's interesting because I've had friends out here that have had that happen to them. And I'm like, Oh no, 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 we're not gonna, we're not gonna stand for this. Yeah. Well, as we kind of um, 
close up our episode together here. Do you have any advice specifically for working moms combining breastfeeding and pumping? That's really who we're talking to here. Either like some practical tips or just, you know, advice to make it work. Anything you'd like to share with these working moms who are doing the work? Yeah, just know your rights. Um, Every state is a little different, but the U.S. protects every, I think it's up to a year, if I'm correct, for pumping. Mm -hmm. Then every state after that changes. Um, So know if you have rights. Talk to your managers um, while you're pregnant about it and what you want your goals to be and come up with a plan. And don't let them tell you otherwise. I mean, you are legally allowed to do this. And if it's something you truly want to do, you can. It, it does take work. It does take effort, but you can do it. And try not to be too strict with your schedule. Give yourself some leeway. It's okay to go to go an extra hour if you have to. Don't make a habit out of it, but it's okay. It's not going to kill your supply doing it once or twice. Um, and yeah, just don't take anybody's BS. There you <laughs> like, go. Just stand up yes. for your self. <laughs> yeah. Just don't take it. I love yeah. it. You I think we can, it's to. pretty easy to, it's pretty easy to get into this like all or nothing mindset. Like I'm late mm-hmm. to my pump session. I failed today. And if you listen to any part of Carrie's story, I hope it was the part where she was like, I'm a nurse and I have patients and they're literally dying and I'm still having to pump and we just fit it in how we can. And, you know, the next day you, you need to kind of get back to what you were doing, but you are not a failure that day. You're juggling a lot. You, all of you working moms and I see you and you're doing great. So thank you so much, Carrie, for sharing your oh, wisdom thank today. You. And just, it was so interesting talking to you. You have so many different perspectives and you're going to make a great IBCLC. I'm so excited to see you like keep going on that path and sit for your yes. exam and just so make excited. a difference. Help all these moms not take any BS for their yeah. <laughs> the mentality I'm going to give them, especially this area. Yeah, you, you get them. Yeah, <laughs> I'm excited for you. All right. You can find all the things that we mentioned and stuff down in the show notes of today's episode. There'll be some links for some of the products that Carrie mentioned. Also a couple articles. Um, I'm going to put one on Deemer, which is dysphoric um, milk ejection reflex. You mentioned a little bit about those like angry feelings when you were nursing in the beginning. And a lot of those are hormonal. So I'm going to put an article down there just for anyone who wants more information on that. Um, as well as some tandem nursing resources because I thought that was really cool. So thanks again, Carrie, for chatting with us today and good luck. Thank you. Thank you.